full minute. How many of you glad you came this morning? How many of you really glad you came this morning? Come on, don't fool me now. How many of y'all really glad you came this morning? Hallelujah. Presence of the Lord is in this place. Can I just, you may be seated. Can I just talk to you just a little bit? I don't know how far God will allow me to go. But if I can, he'll allow me to do it. To bring to you part two of what I started two weeks ago. The will to win. Say that with me, the will to win. Say it again, the will to win. One more time, say, I, I, I have to have the will to win. Would you look over at someone and say, you need the will to win. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. How long shall we meditate on God's word? Day and night. That thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. I don't know anybody that don't want to make their way prosperous. And I don't know anybody that don't want to have good success. That's the reason why you go to school to educate yourself, to elevate. You take training. You take self-help, self-improvement. You do things to build your life so that you can make your way prosperous and have good success. Uh, the word of God is telling us to hear plainly in Joshua, if we're listening clearly, how to live a life of good success. He says automatic if you do what I tell you to do. And so there we have our foundation of scripture last couple of weeks ago. We talk, talked about the thoughts on winning. And we gave you the definition of winning. And we said that God created us to win. According to Genesis, the first chapter, it, God has created us to win. Say that with me. I have been created, have been created. To, win. to win. Matter of fact, you are so well put together that even... Uh, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, the cattle, every creeping thing on the earth is supposed to take heed to you. That's how well put together God made us. Matter of fact, he said in Psalms that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Anybody know anything about that? If you don't have it highlighted in your Bible, highlight it. Psalms 139 and 14, that's where it is. And so we were created in such a way that it's just so awesome. When we look at our body, when we look at our soul, our soul has five components. It has the mind, the will, emotions, imagination, and intellect. We said that success and winning is a product of effort and never occurs by chance.
Ooh, I like that. And so we must be intentional and we must will it. Say that with me. I must be intentional and I must will what I want in my life. There you have it. So it's got, it's got to be the product of effort. You're not just going to sit and wait for it to happen. You got to allow God to use you to do what you want to happen in life. Are you still following me? So we must take the cat out of our lives if we are going to win. Stop saying I can't. And start saying, I will. I will succeed. I will have a good marriage. I will be healed. You got to will it. You stop saying, I can't do. No, we understand that you can't, but watch this. He's giving you the scripture. He's giving you the serum. He's giving you the antidote. He's giving you the healing balm. He's giving it to you, and it is in his word, a word of God. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. So stop saying, I can't do it. You can do it through Christ. Are oh, you following me? And so, I'm just reviewing, that's all. Those who win in life do so by deliberate action to either ignore or discard the limitations that hinders others. Did you get that? Amen. We got to have deliberate action. It's got to be deliberate. It's got to be on purpose. We got to do it with purpose. And we got to ignore the limitations. Quit talking about, well, I don't have this. I ain't got that. I do do this. No, God is not looking for that. If you are willing vessel, God will use whoever will say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. We're going to take the limits off. Here in Warner Robins, we're taking the limits off. Here in the winning church, we're taking the limits off. And if you're ready to be a winner, you better come on and go with us. And we will not make any, any excuses. No longer make excuses. Because we told you excuses are the crutch for the uncommitted. Are you hearing me? And just beyond your excuse is the effort you need to win. Stop making excuses. Now, if you were committed, you wouldn't make excuses. The reason why you're making excuses because you're uncommitted. As soon as I get committed, I won't make excuses. You know how when a person is committed to their particular church, you don't have to call them, are you coming? You don't have to call them, well, you, you're going to be on time doing they committed? They'll beat you here. Hallelujah. And so we said that winning is the aggressive focused pursuit and attainment of worthy goal by functioning with excellence. Oh, I like this. By overcoming obstacles and developing one's potential. So in other words, let me see if I got this right. If my focus is right aggressively, focus on pursuing what's right aggressively, 
how I'm going to function with excellence. Amen? This is how I'm going to attain my goal. I'm going to function with excellence, and then I'm going to overcome obstacles. All of us are going to have obstacles. You had some this week, but you didn't let it stop you. You kept moving, didn't you? Amen. When the doctor tells you you had this, you got to have operation for that, you, you didn't stop, you didn't let that stop you. You kept on going, even with the operation. Hallelujah. When they told you that, you know, you got to take this in because, you know, you got a little cough or cold, whatever like that, you didn't let it stop you. That was an obstacle, but you didn't let it stop. You overcame that. Are you hearing me? Because I got to develop my potential. I have the potential to win in life. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm not going to let anything hinder me. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to have my mind made up. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be focused on what I need to do. I will not hear the chatter. Whoever has your ear has your future. Do not let everybody speak in your ear. Everybody don't have your interest at heart. There's some folk, they act like they have an interest at heart, not because they want to see you succeed, but because maybe, perhaps, they're jealous of you. And they feel like you already got enough. And they feel like you don't need no more. But when you do it right, God will take from that one that have less and give it to that one that have more because he knows that he can trust them. Here's my question for you this morning. Can God trust you with more? You want more, but can God trust you with it? <laughs> and so we got to start winning our personal battles so we can experience a higher quality of life. All right? All right, so let me move on to something that we did not talk about. We did tell you, and you've heard this before, that change is a product of human effort sustained by divine help. Change is the product of human effort sustained by divine help. When you decide that you're going to make an effort to do something great, God is saying, I'm going to come alongside you and ensure that it is done. Because here's the real deal. You thought that you thought that up all on your own. But whatever you thought about, God put it there. So he can come alongside you and help you with it because that's what he put there in you. Are y'all still in worship mode? Are you still, you know, spiritually drunk? So let's, let's wrap a little bit about understanding the will uh, setting uh, process. Understanding the will setting process. That's what I don't talk about. And if you have your Bibles, go to Romans, the 7th chapter, because this is familiar, but I, I know we've all heard this before. 
But before you take control of the wheel setting process, you must understand how God engineered the process to work. All right? Verse 14 in Romans chapter 7. You have your notes there. You can see the scripture. For we know, y'all just give me 20 minutes. We know that the law is spiritual. How many of y'all knew that? I know some folk think that the law is not spiritual. But the law was here for a reason. The law showed us how we were messing up. Right? Because nobody in here could keep the law by themselves. That's why I don't understand why people are trying to live by the law. Because you can't do it by yourself. Jesus came along and fulfilled the law. That's why we serve Jesus because everything we need is in Jesus. Because we can't remember all of those, what, 400, 500 laws, mosaic laws. Right? So for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. He's just testifying, telling the truth. So under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Does that sound familiar? If then I do that, and I'm, I'm reading it slowly because it'll, it, it'll mess you up. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Look what Paul says. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. That's why you got to get rid of sin. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh. Everybody got flesh rock around here. Dwelling no good thing. So don't even start tripping. There's no good thing in all our flesh. Flesh is a mess. I don't care who bones it on. Oh, they're just so sweet. Uh-huh. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. I know I can will to do it, but I'm struggling. For the good that I would, I do not. I want to do it, but I don't do it. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Look at this dichotomy here. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. He keep telling you the problem is sin. No, the problem is not just sin in the world. The problem is sin in the church. I'm glad y'all got y'all praise on early. Let me go on and read this thing. I find then, I'm verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Every time you try to do right, evil is always there lurking his ugly head trying to get me to do something that's not right. God told you to bless that person. Well, well, I got to do that. That's that flesh part of it. God said, bless them with $100. No, I'm going to just give them 50 
I ain't trying to mess with y'all today. Hallelujah. Well, let me read it again. Verse 21. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Oh, there's more than one law. Warning against the law of my mind. And bring me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. There is a civil war going on inside of you. You got one mind telling you one thing. You got another mind telling you another thing. You got the one law telling you one thing. You got another law telling you another thing. It's because you got a civil war. The spirit and the flesh are warred against each other. So the law of the mind implies that the mind functions in a certain way all the time. The mind is the center of reasoning where deliberation of the issue of life takes place. And so the will of man carries out the deliberation of the mind by instructing the body, yes, to behave based on the info that the mind has processed. That's why he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So if I have the mind of Christ, I'll do the things of Christ. Look what the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart. So watch this, write this down. Don't, 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 don't miss this part here. I'm about to jump out my shoes before I even look at it. Your mind is the drawing room for your tomorrow. Before you actually touch it, walk into it, face it, or be able to embrace it, it was first a thought in your mind. Right now. Some of you all have the thought that what you want to eat before you leave here. And before you can embrace what you're going to eat and you, you, know, you tasted it in your mouth and I mean your mouth done got wet and everything else and you just can taste that bread, you can taste whatever it is that you got in your mind and before, listen, you already know that it's going to bless your life. But your mind is the drawing room. It comes to your mind. That's why he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God, bless our mind. Help our mind. Let our thoughts be pure. Because what stays on your mind, eventually what you're going to act on. That's why we don't got in a lot of trouble. We let our mind, we stay there and study that in our mind so long till we start figuring out how we can get away with it. Never mind that we already know the consequences. We know that it's going to hurt. We know that it's not going to be good for us. But we don't justify it enough that we say, hey, I'm going to do this because I believe I can get away with it. So your mind is the drawing room for your tomorrow. How, where are you going to end up tomorrow because of your mind? Are you going to end up in prison because of your mind? 
Huh? You going to end up with somebody knocking on your door, the cops knocking on your door because of your mind? You're going to have an unwanted pregnancy because of your mind. It is a drawing room for your tomorrow. And I'm praying that my tomorrow, which is my future, looks good. Not only that it looks good, but it's going to be good. Why is it going to be good? Because my mind and my actions are going to dictate my future. Because what I'm willing to allow God to do through me, I'm going to see it. When I saw it here, I'm going to see it there. Hallelujah. So I'm willing to allow God to feed my mind with good things. This is what he tells you to do. When things that are not like God come your way, cast down all of those imaginations. You need to cast some things down that come to your mind. Got to cast it down, ladies. Got to cast it down, men. Because that is the drawing room of your tomorrow. Are you following me? Well, let, let me move on. I'll labor that point there a little while. So the mind with the thoughts and the feelings, the will, thinking power, imagination, understanding, so the point I wanted to make here is that the quality of our lives is conceived by our thoughts. You believe that? Every act is first a thought. It's composed by our choices ooh, and confirmed by our words and constructed daily by our actions. Now you need to highlight that one. You need, I know you got it in your notes, but you need to highlight that one. Are you following me? So, God, let me think on those things where Christ, let's think on those things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. So, my thoughts got to be right. My life is going to be composed by my choices. We got to make better choices. Lord, help me make better choices. And it's confirmed by the words that come out of my mouth. Do you not know every day you're building something? You're building something by your thoughts, by your words, by your actions, your choices. You don't have to choose sadness. Nobody can really make you sad or mad but you. You can look at a negative situation and come out smiling. Because you choose to. Life don't have to be doom and gloom for you. I don't care what they have dealt. Okay. And you go to, go to the house, this is all we got in the refrigerator? You have that attitude. Or you go to the refrigerator and say, oh, I didn't know we had this in here. I forgot I put that in there. Pull that out there. Let's, let's, let's thaw that out. Let's go ahead and. It's your attitude. 
It's the way you think about it. And right now, all of us in here, if we go to your house, we go to that refrigerator, that freezer, and some of us got more than one refrigerator, more than one freezer. We got stuff in there that's freezer burnt and everything else, and we still complaining about, hey, what I need. Stuff's all in the back. The date is already out of date. You ain't cleaned it out alone. Still stuffing stuff in there. Are we talking about what you don't have? You so blessed you don't even know it. There are people in this world that wouldn't even think about no date on nothing. They'll eat everything in your refrigerator. And some of us got the nerve, I don't eat leftovers. I, 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 ain't, mess, I ain't trying to mess with you. Hallelujah. I ain't trying to mess with you. But I'm just trying to get you to think. There's other folk that will eat your leftovers and mine's too. Matter of fact, they'll eat the same stuff that you've been eating off of that you left on your plate. I'm just trying to get you to think. Perspective. I'm trying to show you how blessed you are. Because you can waste something and God's been so good to you, you can go buy something else. Are you following me? Watch it. And if we don't like something, we'll throw the whole thing away. I've done it. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> but it goes to show how blessed you are. And listen, I'm not apologizing for the blessings of God. We're blessed and highly favored. And we don't make no apologies, but we're going to serve God in the process. Amen. And we're not going to act like God owe us anything. We're going to bless him and we're going to say, Lord, forgive us for being wasters. For, forgive us for not doing what we're supposed to do. Lord, help us to turn this thing around. Lord, help us not to procrastinate uh, to, that's been delaying our advancement. Help us, God, to get up off of our derriere, get up off of our thing, and get ready to go forward because you have need of us. How much have we missed from God because we've been so in tune on what we need? What I want to do. We're so focused on what we want to do, where we want to go, where we want to be, and we miss what God had for us. And you didn't want to do what God tell you to do because it's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you a little you know, frustration. It's going to cost you going out your way. It's going to cost them not rejecting They rejected you. Hey, they, listen, they really not rejecting you. They rejecting Christ. Who wants to be rejected? Who wants to say, I don't want none of that. I don't want your Jesus stuff. Get out of my face. We don't want to hear that. But God sent you on assignment. And if God told you to do it, you are supposed to do it. You know why? Because that person, they, that's going to meet them in judgment. That's going to meet them in judgment when they rejected you.
They're going to have to give an, give an account for that. They're going to have to give an answer for rejecting you being on assignment. Look what the word of the Lord says, 2 Corinthians 10, 3rd verse. For we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. You see it? To the pulling down of what? Stronghold. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of who? God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So the will of God for man is to be in control of his own will. He wants you to be in control of your own will. 1 Corinthians 7 and 37 says, Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in the heart, in his heart, having no necessity, but have power over his own will, and have so decreed in his heart. You got a will to do this thing. Are you following me? So the will is the gatekeeper of the expressions of of the deliberation of the mind. Oh, I love what his word tells us. Isaiah 1 and 19, look what he said. If we be willing, first part of willing is will. If we be willing and obedient, y'all see that? You shall eat the good of what? But watch this. He didn't stop there. There's a colon there. He said, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. If, listen to me. If we do the first part, we won't have to worry about the second part. What's the first part? If I'm willing and obedient, I'm going to eat the good of the land. Don't you apologize for eating the good of the land if you're willing and obedient? I've set my will to do what God say do. And look what Job said, 36 and 11 said, if, we, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in what? Spend their days in what? Y'all, they even got the church folks scared to say prosperity. Spend their days in what? And their years in what? God spoke about prosperity and pleasure before you got here. If they, they being us, would obey and serve him, who him? God. They will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. I love it. You got to be like the prodigal son when he said, I will rise and go to my father's house. If you'd have messed up royally, you run back to your father's house. If you'd have rejected him and you done got out of his will and you done done everything other than being a child of God, you get up and you run back to your father's house. You know God been good to you. You were taught about God when you were a child. Yeah. Let me wrap it up. My last final point. I want to talk about the paradox of winning. See, the purpose of the game is to win and to dilute the win. The will to win is to destroy the purpose of the game. That's what Red Blank said at West Point. So we want to perfect ourselves so 
that we can win with less struggle and increasing ease. This Vince Lombardi. But the strange thing is that it's not the easy wins we fervently seek, but rather the different struggles to which we really look forward. So what you got to understand what First uh, Timothy 6 and 12 said, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold to eternal life. Say it with me, fight the good fight of faith. Now, why is he so bent on us fighting our good fight of faith? Because the devil don't care about you having anything else except faith. Why faith? Why faith? Faith pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So he understands that if he can rob you of your faith, he can keep you from God's best. Are you following me? So he don't care about you getting more things and more stuff as long as you don't have no faith. See, what other folk don't understand, because of my faith, that's why I got what I got. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be what? Added on. I don't apologize for God adding to my life. I don't seek God to get things. I seek God because he's already given me what I need. I praise him for who he is. So watch this. With or without, I've already determined and made my mind that I'm going to serve God. All right. What column or category you end up in, the haves or the have-nots, it doesn't even matter. I'm going to still serve God. All right, let me talk back over here on this side over here. It does not matter whether you got that or I don't have that. I'm going to serve God with or without that. Are y'all following me? Well, let me move back over here on this side over here. Well, what you got to make up in your mind that is no matter if they got it, it doesn't even matter to you because if God wants you to have it, he'll give it to you. But in the midst of you praising him, what he's doing, he's giving, he's going to give you something more. He's just waiting because it takes time. What you got you say, Bishop, it takes time but to have the best stuff. You can't rush greatness. Look down the and tell everybody, you can't rush greatness. And what God has for you, he's taking his time to give you something great. Hallelujah. So greater is ahead of you. Greater is coming your way. Don't sit there and fuss with folk because they're telling you what they're getting. They got this and they don't serve God. That don't even matter because I'm telling you right now, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? What would a profit a man, hallelujah, to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Yes, I enjoy some of the things on this earth, but I don't love these things on the earth. I don't love nothing that can't love me back. A car can't love me back. A house can't love me back. Are y'all hearing me up in here? But I'll 
use those things while I'm here on this earth because one of these days he has a place for me that's not built by hands. Eternal in the heavens. Huh? That's what he got. So I'm not moved by if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I'm thanking God for everything that he gives me. See, because it's about my attitude anyway. Hallelujah. I'm not going to sit around here and fuss with you and get jealous of you because of what you just got. I just got me a new 2023. That's all right. My 2015 will get me the same place your 2023 will get. I'm getting that new 2024. It's already out. It's already out. That 2024 going to get the same place the 2023 guy. You got to stop letting people to, well, you know, I better go ahead on and get it because they got it. No. No. I'm not trying to have no more payments. You go buy everything you want. Just long you ask me to pay for it. I'm going to get happy with you. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, that looks so good. Now, don't ask me to pay for it now. We're going to have trouble then. I need to ride it then if I'm going to be paying for it. I need to live it if I'm going to be paying for it. Are you following me? So you be thankful for what you have. Watch this. Be thankful for what you have and believe God for more. Come on, tell everybody on your road, say, be thankful for what you have and believe God for more. Y'all didn't do it right. Look at them right in their face. Say, be thankful for what you have and believe God for more. I'm about done. I'm about done. So 1 John 5 and 4 says, for what? So ever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That's why the enemy is after your faith. He's apt, he wants your faith. Because when you, when you got faith, you can get some more things. You got faith, you can get some more stuff. When you got faith, you can get healed. God is moved by faith. He moved by. There's nothing that you have so good that you can give God that'll move God. Amen. Other than faith. Amen. Did y'all see that in first John say overcometh the world? The word overcomes the nikos, where we get the word Nike from. To conquer, to win, to the champion of the games. Right? Romans 8 and 37 says, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. The hyponychos, which means more than. Hyponychos, more than over, above, and beyond, greater, top-notch, first class, paramount, overwhelming, enormous. That's what God has given us. We are more than. This is our position in life. We are more than. Well, I like the way that sounds. Say more than. No matter what you're faced with, you're more than that. 
God has given you something that's more than. Whatever you face, more than. And then I'd like to end it with this last verse of Scripture, John 15 and 7. says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ooh, ooh. My God, that's a scripture to end with right there. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. See, you ain't got to be upset with nobody. If I use this formula right here, that's what my grandmama say, right here. If I use this formula right here, uh-huh, she won't say here, but right here. If I use this one, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. What's your will today? What do you will to have in your life right now? And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. That ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And you know what a disciple is? A disciple is a disciplined follower. I am a disciplined follower. When you're a disciplined follower, you're not ashamed of who you're connected with. When you're a disciplined follower, you don't care if they call you a Jesus freak. When you're a disciplined follower, you don't care if they watch you while you pray over your food when you're in the restaurant. You tell the waitress, hold on a minute, let us get our prayer in, then we'll get our order. You take charge of that. Huh? I'm a disciplined follower. Are y'all hearing me? When you're a disciplined follower, you don't care who's listening to your conversation because they're listening anyway. If you were talking dirt, they'd be like, ooh, child, I got some good juice and stuff to tell somebody. Now. But let them listen about your conversation about Jesus and about how you're in love with Jesus and your love with your wife and you're in love with God's people. Let them overhear that. But if I abide in his words and he by, he'll abide, if I let him live in I'm going to be able to ask what I will. I won't be frustrated about stuff because I'm allowing him to abide in me and his word in me. Ooh, ooh. Some people don't believe that. You can ask what you will when you qualify. The qualification is you allowing God to abide, to live, to take residence in you. And you're letting his word marinate in your life. And you say, God, he's revealing revelation from his word. And I live by the word of God. That's my life. Huh? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not life, but life. L-I-F-E. You don't really know about living until you've been introduced to Christ. You thought you were living, but I'm telling you, Christ brings life. I'm telling y'all, let me tell y'all something. Tell y'all a secret. I'm having the best time of my life. Being in Christ. Anybody else got that same? 
You having the best time of your life, Lady Christ. Come on, anybody else got that testimony? You having the best time? Hallelujah! And you know what else I'm doing? Uh, because of his word, I'm learning more about myself. I'm learning how to correct things that are not right in myself. I'm looking in the mirror of the word of God and I'm becoming a better man of God because of the word of God and I'm allowing God to do what he want to do and I got to set my will to win. I set my will to win. And listen, you can win in anything. There's no reason why you are losing in your marriage. I don't care how bad things are. You can set your will to love your husband, to love your wife. God has given you the formula. He's given you the word of God. He's given you the strategy so that you can do it. The problem is you just don't want to do it. He does not care about your sacrifice. Let me, let me. Don't, don't, don't say it for me. Don't say it for me. He don't care nothing about your sacrifice. You know what your sacrifice is? What you think you can give God. And you think that it's enough that God ought to be glad to take this. Ooh, I think this is big for God. Oh, God, take this. God said he ain't studying about your sacrifice. Ooh, hey, let me give you something. God said he ain't studying about that either. I gave you that. God is talking about your credit cards and all that. Hey, God is talking about all that. Say, so what you have now, I gave that to you. I, matter of fact, I gave you everything that you have. But you know what he is concerned about? He's concerned about your obedience. And many people live their lives walking around here being disobedient to God for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And, years. and they think that they're doing all right. It's not until you really truly obey God that you see change in your life. Amen. Listen, listen, listen. Many people are hypocrites on Sunday. Because they're pretenders. They come in and they'll praise and they'll shout and everything else. But they are just as disobedient as they come. Because when God tells them to obey his word, they act like God not talking to them. I challenge you to start obeying God's word. Yeah, well, I would love him, but he don't deserve it. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Did you deserve it? Who loved you through your mess? I would love her, but she's just so nagging. And your point is? Look what you did to Christ. Matter, matter of fact, the Bible says you'll crucify him afresh. Every time you do something dumb, something, pardon me, especially stupid, you, are, you, you, you crucify him afresh. You put him back up on the cross again. So why not allow God to change you to be the woman that he wants you to be and change you to be the man that he wants you to be. You're a person that likes challenge, right? I challenge you to be obedient to God. Because he's not, he not thinking about your sacrifice. 
He's not thinking about you. But he is thinking about your obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh, God, we save you the best. We save you the best of this, the best of that. God said, uh-uh. That ain't what I told you. Don't save me nothing. You give me what I ask you. And I want your obedience. Can you do that? If you can give me that obedience, you're going to beat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient. I hear you thinking. I hear you thinking. So we're going to make a decision today to be obedient to God. First, we got to stop wrestling with God and try to play mind games with God and, and try to, you know, fleece and all that other stuff. We got to cut out all that. God, if you do this, then I'll do that. God, if you did, no, 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 no. I'm just going to do what God said do, period. Got it? All right. Y'all gave me some extra time. All right, y'all get on your feet. We're done. Let's begin ready to go out here. Come on. All right. Whew. to win. My wife and I, uh, we've been, we're going on 42 years now of marriage. And uh, and we've just been talking, you know, I will to love her even the more. She wills to love me. You know why we say we will love? Because we already know things are going to change as we get older. Our, our, our steps are getting shorter. Eyesight getting a little dimmer. Can't run as fast no more. I had to say wait. They can't pull me up. Wait, let me, hold up. Let me brace myself. Right? And we don't know. One of us might be pushing the other one around. We don't know. But we will to love each other. Not because life changes, but our love gets stronger. See, see, when you really truly love somebody, you love them through all of the disappointments and the mishaps. Huh? The things that happen that you didn't expect to happen. You, you know, your body, your body just shift gears on you. Right? And you be like, what in the world? Women go through menopause. Huh? Then men, they start acting a nut. They want to trade you in for two, two 20s. Having that midlife crisis and foolishness. Minds start, you know. Acting a little funny. Huh? But you got the will to do what's right. Hallelujah. I don't know if it can get any worse than Hosea and Gomer's situation. 
I don't know if it get any worse than that. And God go tell, go get her. I don't know if it get any worse. Than that. And, and, and I would I would be willing to say none of us have it bad like that. So if there was hope for Jose and go, if it was hope for them, have y'all read that story? And I know some of y'all read it, shaking your head, saying, uh-uh. There's no way on this side of heaven that I would have stayed with that woman. But God. He's letting you know he can take the worst situation and turn it around. Are y'all hearing me in here? Look at somebody and tell them, your situation is not as bad as you think it is. Because watch this. There's always somebody worse off than you. Watch this. With where you are today, my question is, and I'm going to stop, what are you going to do about it? You know where you are in your situation, whatever that situation be, but your home, whatever like that, what you going to do about it? Or are you going to let the devil keep wreaking havoc in your home and tearing you down and tearing her down and tearing y'all and putting y'all against each other? Or are you going to do something about it? fight fire with fire. No! That's not the answer. The answer is you love her like Christ loved the church. And I know I keep saying it. And within a home, husband and wives, you are not in competition. You are not to be put against each other. You are to work together for each other. Are you following me? Now me, might sting a little bit. But God uses you to start what needs to be done in the home. You the starter. She gonna come along and help you finish, but you gotta start it. Whatever you want to happen in your home, you gotta be willing to do it yourself. Well, I really want her to cook a little bit more. Well, you go in there and start trying to help, start trying to cook something. And if you done burnt up everything, she gonna say, oh, let me, let me help, let me, let me, let me fix that. Let me help you out here. Let me help you out here. You, you ain't gonna make it, you ain't gonna make it. You got to be willing to do it yourself. You want the dishes washed? You got to be willing to wash the dishes. You want the clothes to be clean? Get in there and learn how to wash. Learn to learn how to turn the knobs and put the stuff in there. Whatever you want to happen in your home, be willing to do it. Because by nature you are a giver, and by nature she is a what receiver. So she's been created for you to give it to her 
and she's going she's going to give it back to you multiply glory to God I said something right there hallelujah when you give it to her good she gives it back to you great I said I was going to stop talking, didn't I? Everybody bow their heads.